0: Hi, I'm Amanda Maxime, and you're listening to This Expat Life. While life abroad is often amazing, it is not only rainbows and butterflies, as all experienced expats know. From drinking fresh coconuts to dealing with a personal crisis, This Expat Life opens up space for all facets of life abroad and what you can do to thrive in it. As a certified coach and former expat myself, I dive into the good, the bad and the ugly of expat life while I share tips, tell relatable stories and connect with fellow expats. Whether you're just about to take off for your first international adventure or have been re already, This Expat Life is your place to find real understanding and to grow from the inside out. Enjoy this episode! Hello and welcome to the second episode of This Expat Life. I'm recording this episode from Belgium, where I'm staying in the house of some really good friends of mine who are away for a family visit to Brazil. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen some stories a few weeks ago about how dad my house isn't exactly the home I'm dreaming of and that I don't always feel at home in my own house. It just feels very small. Uh, It has a lot of noise from the neighbors and from the school that I'm living in front of. And so I was a bit in a self-pity parade. And when I complained on Instagram, my very dear friend invited me to stay at her house while they were traveling, which is so kind. And I have to say this weekend here in their house has done me so good. Their house is very spacious, and I am noticing that being here also created a lot of space inside of me, which is great. I also feel very inspired and just super, super rested, and it was a nice change from where I usually am. I'm a person that needs a lot of variety in their location, and I have to admit that for the past two, two and a half months or so, I've mainly been in The Hague. I had a quick trip to Amsterdam, I had a few trips to my hometown, but nothing outside of my usual bubble, and it's just not good for me. Preferably, I would want to be elsewhere outside of The Hague every two weeks or so. So being here has really helped me to feel that variety in location again. So I'm super happy. And being able to feel at home in the house that you're living is actually part of today's topic, which is all about, well, it's not all about, it's actually the 10 things that I would do if I were to start over again as an expat in a new country. But before I share that list with you, there's something else I want to share. And that is that my online program, Expat Life School, starts again on the 5th of March. And I'm so excited to go for the second round because expat life school is really the program where I put in all my knowledge and all the tips that I gained as an expat, as a coach helping expats and converted all those things into a program for expats, for soon-to-be expats, even for repats who are going home or are home already. Basically for any globetrotter who is looking to create a new life, their best life, either abroad or back home again. And Expat Life School doesn't only offer practical expat tips like finding friends abroad or how do you feel at home wherever you go. It's something much deeper because as an expat, you probably know that wherever you go, you bring yourself with you. And it's a cliche, but it's so true. It's something that I experienced in my own life abroad as well. So in Exped Life School, we're not only looking at your outer world and what you can do to make that better, but we also really look at your inner world. We look at your limiting beliefs, your dreams and desires, your needs, your emotional or energy needs. Because if you want to create your best life abroad, it means that it should be aligned with you. And as everyone is different, your best life also means something different to you. So there's also some inner work to understand yourself, to identify your needs, so you know what you should include in your life to make it the best life for you. So that's what we'll start with in Expat Life School. We're laying down the foundations first, and the foundations meaning you and your needs and your desires, and then from there we will work more towards the outer world, so you can create that best life wherever you go. And Expat Life School is ideal for anyone who has just moved abroad, or who has already lived abroad, but is not entirely happy and cannot really pinpoint exactly what it is that's not making them happy. Or even for people who are preparing to go abroad, or as I said, who have returned home already. An expert life school is like this guidance, this lifeline that you can hold on to while you are revamping your life, basically. And it will help you to go from feeling lost and overwhelmed to feeling more grounded, more centered, more in control of things. And it's an online course, and that means that there are seven modules with three hours of super short, easy to digest videos that you can also watch or listen to in the mobile app, and you can do it entirely at your own pace. But there's an additional element to it, and that is the online community. You're not going on this journey alone. There will be your new global tribe, basically, in an online community. Uh, with whom you can share your wins and your struggles, ask your questions, share your best working tips for three months. And there's also extra support in the form of five group sessions via Zoom. And in those group sessions, we'll dive deeper into some of the course topics like goal setting or dealing with emotions. There's time to ask any question that you have on expat life or personal development, either to me or to the group. And there's also a chance to get hot seat coaching, so you can get coached on your personal situation as well. It will be an intimate group, so that all the introverts among us are at the right place. But it's also because I want to guarantee that everyone gets enough personal attention and time for me. To make sure you get all the support you need on this journey, so you can create that best life. If you're interested, we're starting on Sunday, 5th of March in the afternoon, so I can accommodate as many time zones as possible. And you can go to amandamaximecoaching.com slash school to sign up. And even though we're not starting until the 5th of March, there's already a video and exercise waiting for you. So you can get started right away. All right, that was a bit of a long introduction, but now it's finally time to start today's episode for real. And today we're talking about the 10 things that I would do if I were to start over again as an expat. I've lived abroad for over seven years myself. And so I learned a lesson or two on what I should do to... Yeah, to really have like a best kickoff of my life abroad. And also as an expat coach, I see so many of my coachees or people that I talk to struggling with similar issues, yet dealing with them in a different way. And though the way that they're dealing with them is very logical, it makes sense, it's not always what is working best for them. So some, for example, get paralyzed by the overwhelm of so much change at once. And they just stop doing anything at all. And others are physically in the host country, but mentally elsewhere. Maybe back home or to another country already. And yet others put all their effort into work or family, but they neglect other areas in their life abroad. And seeing all those examples and reflecting on my own time abroad, that got me thinking like, what would I do if I were to start over again, if I would move to a new country right now? And I came up with a list of 10 things that I would do, and I'm really happy to share them with you because I hope that they will, I don't know, give you some guidance in what you can do or maybe some inspiration. So let's go. Here are the 10 things. And number one is something I already touched upon in the beginning of this episode, and that is create a home of your house, no matter how temporary the house is. I've seen this sometimes with my coaches, and actually, it's something I am experiencing myself and have experienced in the past as well. And that is that. They often think that something will be temporary. I might only live in this house for three months or one year. So they don't really invest in the house, in really making it their home, their new home. But our environment impacts us much more than we think. And our home should be our safe haven, a place where we can go to to relax, to be comforted. And if it doesn't feel like that, it's adding a lot more stress to your life than you might realize. And if your new house is a temporary one, and you're waiting for your real home, then this might also be more difficult for you to really accept that you have a new home, that you are starting a life abroad. If you always walk into your house thinking, oh, this is just temporary, it doesn't give you this feeling of being settled there. So the time aspect is one thing that can bother you, but there's actually more to it. For example, I'm someone who's really sensitive to the energy of houses. It's a bit hard to explain, but there are places where I instantly feel at home, like the house of my friends where I'm now at, or even their previous houses. Also my house in Brasilia, and I had a home in London that felt great. But there are other houses that just never really worked with me. I'm currently living in a house in The Hague and I'm grateful to own it. I bought the house a few years ago, but it's a struggle to live there. I just don't feel happy there. So I'm really sensitive to the energy of houses. And if it doesn't match with what I need, I find it really difficult to feel there at home. And maybe that's something that you recognize. Maybe you also don't really feel comfortable at your house. So my advice, and I'm telling myself this as well, is to invest in it. Again, no matter how temporary it is. So invest in it like it's going to feel as a permanent or at least longer term house or invest in it so it will turn into a happy place, whatever is bothering you the most at the moment. So if you're living in a temporary house, what can you do? Well, for example, I would definitely start to buy plants. Plants make everything so much more lively and cozy. I would also hang up paintings or pictures on the wall, make it really more personal. And also what is really important is that sometimes we don't unpack everything because we think, oh, why should I unpack everything now when I'm going to move again in two months or so? But what it does is that it creates this source of like restlessness in the house, telling yourself that it is going to be temporary by leaving so much unpacked. So really unpack everything. Even if you have rooms that are basically storage rooms or that can contain all your boxes. I remember living in Brasilia. I had a huge house, way too big for me. And there were rooms that I didn't really just left things unpacked. So my advice now also to my former self to really unpack everything. And if you feel unhappy in the house, but you can't really change anything about it right now, start with one small thing. What is one room or one corner or area of a room that you love to spend most time in but that doesn't really feel happy. So if you're someone that loves to cook a lot, then see if you can upgrade something in your kitchen. And if you're someone that likes to read, then see if you can create a cozy reading corner for yourself. It doesn't matter so much what you do, it's just a matter of starting and creating something that you like in the house. All right, and then moving on to number two, and that is learn the language as soon as possible, at least the basics. Honestly, I cannot stress how important it is. And this might be easy for me to say, because I love learning new languages and I'm not really bad at it. But knowing the local language really makes such a big difference. And this is something that I experienced myself as well when I was traveling or living in Latin America. Not a lot of people spoke English, so it was up to me to learn their language, Spanish or Portuguese. And knowing the language really helped me to make more friends, to get deeper connections, to understand the culture a lot better, to find my way around. And something that I see with a lot of expats in the Netherlands is that they don't even speak 10 words of Dutch. And honestly, I find this a bit disrespectful. Yes, I know it's a really hard and unpractical language to learn, that you can only speak here and in the Caribbean and Suriname. And yes, I also know that most people reply in English when you practice your Dutch. And yes, I also know that it takes a lot of time and effort to master this difficult language and that you're busy enough already. But I know so many people, expats here in the Netherlands, that have lived here for over five years and still don't say dankjewel, thank you, in the supermarket. And then they wonder why they don't have any Dutch friends. Sorry, it's a little rant from my side, but I think it's so important to learn the local language, at least the basics, because it will get you so much farther. It is not only going to help you with all the practical stuff and understanding the culture better and gain you kudos from the locals, you're also doing yourself a favor if you learn a new language. Speaking another language really enriches you, at least that's my experience. I speak four languages now and I feel that with every language I gain new ways of expressing myself, of even feeling things. For example, the word saudade in Brazil doesn't really have any good or proper translation in another language, at least not in the languages that I speak. But it really captures this beautiful, nostalgic, a bit sad feeling of missing something, of longing for something. And I wouldn't want to have missed this word. It's one of my favorite words, actually. So learning another language really helps you to express yourself in other languages than just your own, because not every language has the same words. And it also teaches you more about your own language. But it's not only about the language. I really feel like a different person when I speak Spanish or Portuguese or English even. My tone of voice is different. I use different words and sayings that I would never use in Dutch. And I really like who I am when I speak Spanish or Portuguese. I, I really, again, wouldn't want to have missed that version of myself. The version that says, Nossa Senhora, when something is happening. Oh, I love it. So if you're struggling with learning the local language, make it a fun journey. Make it about you. Make it about discovering this new version of yourself that you've yet to get to know. That makes it much more fun and exciting, right? And then the third thing that I would do if I were to start over again in a new country. And that is, I would view my new life abroad as this new blank canvas that is all mine to paint. Now, what do I mean with that? To me, moving abroad is this new opportunity to start over again. And actually, this is why it has become so addictive for me to keep moving all the time. Because with every move... It had this promise that I could start over, that I could finally create the life of my dreams, that everything would be better. Thankfully, I've learned that you can start a new chapter anytime in your life. You don't need to necessarily move away. But a move abroad is actually a great opportunity to make a few changes, changes that you've always dreamed about. So if you're moving abroad or you've just arrived, See your new life as this big blank canvas that, again, is all yours to paint. So what is something that you've always dreamed about? Something you've always wanted to be, do, or have? And really take some time to daydream about this. Allow yourself to daydream, because I know so many of us don't allow ourselves to daydream. We always need to be realistic, but I honestly don't believe in that. So daydream about it and then visualize the future self, your future self that has already achieved all those things that you're dreaming of. And then start being or embodying that person already. So what would she or he do, have, say? How would they dress? You get the picture. Start doing those things already. Now, I'm only talking about this superficially, but this method is actually a really big part of Expert life school in module two. Because in module two, we really look at goal setting, but mostly how do you achieve your goals? And I will teach you all the things that have helped me to create my dream life, now living a free, independent life as a life coach, instead of being stuck in my diplomacy career. So if you're really interested in how I did that and what you can do to get closer to your dream life, I really suggest to join Exped Life School starting on the 5th of March. And then we're moving on to number four, and that is ground yourself. If you're moving abroad, the overwhelm is real. You probably notice before you even have left, there is so much to deal with. Paperwork, packing your things, getting vaccinations for yourself or for your kids or animals, uh, saying goodbye to people, rounding things up, finishing a job. So much is asking for your attention. And the same goes when you have arrived, because then you probably need to start a new job, you need to unpack the things, there's more paperwork to deal with, especially if you're moving to a Latin country, I know from experience. It's so easy to get so occupied by everything that you have to do, and the to-do list is long, I know that. But what I see a lot happening, and it's something that I experienced myself as well, is that expats tend to stay in their head. So they get overwhelmed by all their to-dos of everything that they have to do, and their mind won't stop racing. I remember from my time going and coming from Brasilia, ah, there was just so much to do and my mind wouldn't stop racing at night and I couldn't fall asleep because of it. So really ground yourself in this period, it's so important. And what I've learned is that the mind is often in the past, thinking over things that happened or either in the future, worrying about it. But the body is always in the here and now. So if you want to ground yourself and get a little escape from your overwhelmed head, do some grounding techniques that involve the body. You could do a meditation or a body scan. You can do some breath work. There are several things to ground yourself. Something I also teach in Expert Life School actually. And honestly, even staring out of the window can be good for you when you're in overwhelm. Then the fifth thing that I would do is to make finding friends and deepening my connections a priority. So you will probably need to build a whole new social circle again if you move abroad. And this will probably take longer or might be more difficult than you anticipated. So this is something that I would focus on from the start. Having local friends will help you also to find your way around in your new life abroad, which will also boost other areas of your life. And also, you will probably hit a phase in expat life that is going to be more difficult than when you've just arrived. And it's really great to have some friends or at least some connections to fall back on when things are not going as you expected them to be or when you find things tougher. So, you have some people to rely on. So, again, I would really focus on this from the start. And you can hear more about finding friends and creating a community abroad in my previous episode, where I share three key principles and a few practical tips for finding people and deepening your connections. And then we move on to number six on the list of things I would do. And that is enjoy the honeymoon phase while it lasts. Expat life has certain phases to it. And the first stage of living abroad is the honeymoon phase. And this is the phase after you just moved abroad and everything still feels new and exciting in the country that you're now living in. You're really enjoying all the cultural differences and even the mundane daily stuff feels exciting. But at some point you're going to come off of this high and this is when other phases of expat life kick in, which are more about culture shock, adjustment, homesickness and so on. So it's a given that this honeymoon phase will stop at some point, And this is exactly why I'm telling you to become aware of it so you can enjoy it while it lasts. And looking back at my time in Brazil, I definitely enjoyed that honeymoon phase. But it took me a little bit to get there. So I remember the first month I was just so busy with unpacking, getting everything done and arranged and also getting used to my new job. And (laughs) I also was a bit afraid of driving. I didn't feel so confident in the car. So I only drove to work and to home, but I didn't really use the car to explore outside of the city as much. And I also had to go back to the Netherlands to attend a wedding, so I was gone. And when I finally came back from that trip, I took my first domestic trip in Brazil. And this is really when the honeymoon phase started for me. But it took me a good two months to get there. And when that period started, this is really when I started traveling so much, saying yes to everything, enjoying new things discovering the country basically and this is really what the honeymoon phase to me is about that you explore your host country everything that's new about it and in your honeymoon phase you're still enjoying it so this is also why i'm telling you to become aware of that honeymoon phase so you can lay the foundations for later on you can really start to appreciate the country and this is really good to have or to feel by the time that the culture shock kicks in Because hopefully by that time you'll have a lot of love and empathy for the country and its people. And yes, there will still be a culture shock. But hopefully this foundation will take off the edge a little bit. So in hindsight, I wouldn't have enjoyed my honeymoon phase in Brazil more. But I would have started it earlier. Because that would have given me an even better foundation to say. Alright, and then we're moving on to number seven. And that is implement positive habits from the start. We all have certain habits that we want to change or eliminate from our lives, like smoking, not exercising enough, watching too much Netflix, uh, going to bed too late. And instead we want to exercise four times a week, uh, be kind to our partner, meditate, go to bed on time, read more books, you get it. But so often it is so hard to change these habits, no matter how badly we want them. You probably recognize this, right? And I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I really recommend this book, by the way, if you're interested in changing your habits. And something that he says is that your environment is such a determining factor whether your new habits succeed or not. Because if I remember correctly, your environment triggers your brain in a certain way to do something that it is used to, even though you don't want to do that thing. It happens so subconsciously. So what he says is that if you want to change your habit, it's really helpful to change your environment because you don't have that trigger anymore to do the bad habit. And when you move abroad, you get a change of environment for free. So this is really a great moment to start implementing new positive habits, habits you've wanted to have for a long time already. Seize this opportunity to start with your new habits from day one, or at least in the first days or week or so. And also use this opportunity to set up your new environment in a way that is really supportive of your new habits. So for instance, don't put your TV in a central place if you don't want to watch Netflix so much anymore. Store away your gym clothes on eye level in your closet so they are the first thing that you see when you open your closets. And if you want to read more, really try to create a cozy place for you to read in and also put a book on your night table. Well, you get the picture. Just make sure that your environment really supports the new habits, the new lifestyle that you want to have. And of course, the same principle applies if you're not changing environment right now. What could you change in your house or in your physical environment, which could also be your office, for example, To make it supportive to the new habit that you want to implement. There's always something that we can change. And then number eight on the list. And it's a little bit related to number seven of habits. Well, at least if you're looking to exercise more. But number eight is sign up for the gym, yoga studio, crossfit, club, pronto. Or whatever floats your boat. Because like I said before, the overwhelm with an international move is real, and it's very easy to get swamped by the unpacking, buying new electronics, finding your way around town, understanding public transport, um, dealing with bureaucracy, and everything else. And self-care is often the first thing we push aside when we're busy. At least that's what I do, and many of my friends and coaches as well. But taking care of your body should be a priority too, especially if you feel stressed, I would say. And actually signing up to the gym was one of the first things I did when I moved to Brasilia because, well, I was determined to get in better shape this time, but it also turned out that it really helped me to maintain a routine and to also let go of some of the overwhelm and the stress that I was experiencing in the first few months. So sign up to a new gym or again, whatever floats your boat, whatever you need to get more into your body and exercise and keep those muscles in shape. And by the way, signing up to the local gym also helps you to meet new people and to practice the local language. So this is a win-win-win situation. And then number nine, which is a bit more for the geeks among us, (laughs) but that is feature curiosity with books, podcasts and shows and whatever else about the country that you're living in or going to. As an expat, it's so easy to get trapped in an expat bubble. I experienced this myself as well. When I lived in London, most of my friends were other international students. And later on, I got a few more British friends, especially as I started working in London as well. But I would say that at least half of them still maintained international people. And I also saw this in Brasilia when I was working as a diplomat. Thankfully, I had Brazilian friends and I had many Latina friends, basically. But I also saw many of my colleagues who only hung out with other European or Western diplomats. And honestly, this really limits your understanding of the country that you're in. But at the same time, it's nice to be surrounded by like-minded people who are going through the same process as you. Because you can have only local friends, but they will not understand what it's like to live abroad. But even if you have only local friends, you can still get trapped in a bubble. Because you might live in the capital, but that's really not what the rest of the country is like, probably. Or you might live in a certain region, but that region could be totally different from the other region in that country. There was absolutely no way that I could base my view of Brazil only on my living experiences in Brasilia. Because Brasilia is another world. It's not the real Brazil. I mean it's part of Brazil but it's not the only Brazil and in fact every city or state there is just so different from one another. So whether you have local friends or expat friends it doesn't really matter. My tip is still the same and that is feed your curiosity about the country. Actively read books, actively listen to podcasts, actively watch shows about the country or from the country to give you a real perspective of what the country is like. And don't only watch shows from your own bubble, for example. Don't only watch the news or intellectual shows, but also watch the telenovela. Learn as much as you can about the host country from multiple angles, so you'll get a good understanding and empathy for its culture and its people. And you might think, Amanda, this is such an open door. Well, I agree with you. (laughs) But there are so many expats who have no idea what is going on in the country that they're living in. So do yourself and your local peers a favor and learn as much as you can about the country that has generously been hosting you. And then the last one on the list, number 10, and that is journal about your first few months. And this might sound a little bit boring and you might think, what does this have to do with creating my best life abroad? Please bear with me. So moving abroad is a crazy but rewarding journey and you'll be surprised at how much you'll learn about the new country, about yourself and also about the world. And it's really nice to write it all down before it starts to feel normal. I actually regretted that I didn't write as much down as I could have when I moved to Brazil. I did send out a few like mass emails to all my friends and family back home about how I experienced the first few months, but I didn't really write down any of the real personal stuff and It's something I regret now, because I can only look at those first few months with my current perspective. And that perspective is from someone who has already been through everything, so it's not so naive or novel anymore. For example, the things that I found really fascinating or strange in the beginning, I now don't find fascinating or strange at all anymore. I'm used to them, or I was when I still lived in Brazil. So write it all down, write what you think of the country, write about how you are feeling, And then after a couple of years when you're ready to move back home or move on to another country read what you wrote in the beginning and you'll be surprised at how much you've learned and how much you've grown over those years all right that's it those are the 10 things that i would do if i were to start over again as an expat in a new country And if you find this interesting and want to learn more about it, in Expat Life School, we dive deeper into all of those topics with many more tips, examples, and also support along the way, both from me as well as from your own global tribe that comes with Expat Life School. We're starting on the 5th of May and you can find the link to sign up in the show notes. And for now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was of value to you and that it inspired you to think or do things differently in your expat life. And if you got a useful tip or idea from me in this episode, it would be really helpful if you could leave a review on the platform that you're using to listen to This Expat Life. Your review will help other expats to find this podcast so we can grow our community together. And of course, you can also always send me a DM on Instagram to let me know what you thought of this episode. Thank you for listening and see you next time on This Expat Life.